everybody. It's Dave and Jeff. It is September 1st, 2021. All right. Little unforeseen circumstances tonight, Dave. I was coming out of work in Carlsbad, planning on a fine drive down to Eastlake. Everything's good. A good day. And on my beautiful new uh, Hyundai Sonata, man, I'll, I'll tell you what, Dave, I like this feature. It shows you immediately your tire pressure for all four tires. If there's a problem. <laughs> your other car didn't do that? No, didn't show me. No. I mean, I had my Centro was like a 2015. So gotcha. I would get the, I would get the low, you know, pressure. Wouldn't tell you which one. Up, but then, no, it would never tell you which one. So this thing, I was like, holy cow, this is cool. So it pops up and it shows uh, rear left tire at 29 PSI. So I was like, oh, damn. Well, luckily, there's a gas station not far from my office. So I go, I fill the tire up, but I'm a little freaked out because just had tires rotated not long ago. And uh, so I take it over to Costco. Dudes are super cool. I said, hey, listen, I got to get down to East Lake tonight. Um, can you check this tire? Because I have a feeling there might be a nail in it. And if there is, can you put a plug in it? And the dude tells me, he goes, hey, man, I'd love to help you out, but Costco won't allow us to plug these type of Pirelli tires. There's some kind of high-performance tire, Dave, and, and this story is already boring me. <laughs> but what the guy did was they were great. They topped everything off. And because you're way down in East Lake and <laughs> pretty far into East Lake, um, there's not a whole lot of uh, close air pumps or discount tires right by you. So not taking any chances tonight. I didn't want to leave East Lake and come out to a completely flat tire at 1030 at night and be dead. So uh, we'll do it this way for tonight and make the best of it. There you go to get the show out. It was funny, a real quick tire thing. So on, uh, on the truck that I have, it does the, the four tires all the time. It will let you know, you know, what e the air pressure is in your tires the entire time when you're driving. So if, my truck, oh, I'll, set, cool. I'll set up my, my truck, I'll set up 40 each tire. And then you sit here, you're looking at it and you're like, Hey, why does that one 41 and the other one's 40? Or why did it just switch yeah. to 39? And you, you have to change the screen because it just starts to drive me crazy if they all We're don't. so neurotic. Yeah. It, I'm like, dude, I'm fine. Like, uh, do you ever do this move where you drive and you just take your hands off the steering wheel to make sure the car, the alignment's good? Like, is it pulling to the time. right? Is it pulling to the left? It, it, it starts to drive you nuts. Yeah, it's, it's stupid as shit. I guarantee you women don't do that. This is a dumb guy no. thing. No, I, I do it on El Cajon Boulevard. I can tell you exactly where I do it. And, like, what if the alignment's off? Where am I going to go? Right? <laughs> what What am I going to do? Just pull it and take it down <laughs> into my Dantana garage, right? Do I have a Dantana garage? <laughs> I have nowhere to go. That was the cool thing on my last car was I had lifetime alignment from a local uh, repair shop. So yeah. I would take that thing all the time and just, they were great. They'd get it tuned up and ready to go. Dave, I started thinking that tonight. <laughs> I go, I just had tires rotate. I go, God damn. I bet my goddamn alignment's off. Dave, the car is 9,000 miles on it. I, I, I haven't run over any bodies. I haven't killed anybody. I haven't gone off roading. And then I started thinking, why would my alignment be off? I haven't hit anybody. Gone over a speed been, bump at 80 miles an hour? No. Yeah, no potholes, nothing. Ah, oh, we're just so damn dumb. As, as <laughs> in general, as far as guys go, they, yeah, it's just, dude, here was the best move of my day. Want to yeah. hear my best move of the day? Yeah, let's hear it. 
So it's four o'clock in the afternoon. How many people have done this? So I'm sitting at my desk, my head's down. All the guys on my team are right there. Nick and Mike and and Jason and and Jimmy Hughes and everybody. It's just been a fun day, right? It's all good. And uh, guy's walking out and he says, uh, all right, guys, see you tomorrow. Well, I'm convinced it's my buddy Connor who was on my team for three years. So I said, without looking up, Dave, I yelled, don't do us any favors. I'm the, I'm the manager. I'm the manager. And I yell at another employee as a supervisor above all my, my guys there to another employee. Don't do us any favors. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you know me, right? Stupid laugh. Yeah. It's not my friend Connor. It's, a brand new guy who's been in the building for, I don't know, two weeks. Nicest guy in the building. And he's like, uh, okay. And I was like, ah, panic immediately. So I'm like, I'm yelling at just some random dude who I thought was my buddy. <laughs> did you, did you he, let him know now or are you going to let him know tomorrow? I immediately found his boss and she found it hysterical. She loved it. I was like, God damn, I don't mean to yell at your guys and be like, don't do me any favors by seeing me tomorrow. And she's like, Oh my God, this is great. <laughs> she loved it. Dave, I was so embarrassed that my team lit me up. They thought it was the funniest thing ever. Yeah. It felt like a complete moron. Like I do a thousand times a week. So yeah. And I have to apologize to the guy. And yeah. He probably went home, told his wife, I don't know what that guy's problem. Yeah. I think I'm on the I way up. Been, I don't think I'm gonna make it past probation. He's upper management, honey. And all I tried to do was say, have a good day. And he's like, don't do me any favors. Damn it. What did I do wrong? Oh, my God. I don't even know. Where am I going to go work? Bob's Furniture? I don't know anything about recliners. So, yeah. All right. You want me to tell you my, my joke that I thought was kind of funny and yet was told it was offensive and don't ever tell that joke again? But here you are, ready to go, oh, sure. Well, because you're, you're my barometer. You're going to tell me good or bad. Oh, yeah. Just like I ran it by right. you the other day about my coaching moves. <laughs> good or bad. Yeah, I'm in. All right, it's a Southern joke here. So uh, well, I heard it from a Southern person who said, okay. you know, I was dating this girl for three years, and she broke up with me. And I was so upset with it, I went and I stole her wheelchair. Well, guess what? Three hours later, guess who came crawling back? Oh, boy. Yeah, so... I go, oh, that's, that's funny. I've repeated the joke. I get, I get, All right, let me, go ahead. Where does that, okay. That, <laughs> it's just kind of dumb, but where it's does a that rank joke. with, yeah, where's that rank with what the hillbilly virgins say the first time she got laid? Get off me, Paul. You're crushing my smoke. Dude, the get off me, Paul, you're crushing my smoke is, is uh, maybe my, my first or second favorite punchline of a joke. I, right, I, I then, still laugh at the rectum almost killed him line. All right, then this is another. Uh, okay, I got two offensive jokes. They're awful. You want to hear them all? Of course. Just rank them. I love them. All right, here's the next one. Uh, guy goes to his girlfriend and she says, Hey, I got to break up with you. And he goes, Why? I thought everything was going well. And she said, I think you're a pedophile. He said, oh, it's a pretty big word for a 12-year-old. See. Now, that's I, awful, right? It's terrible. And I'm sorry you just okay. said that joke because I knew what was coming, and I still started to laugh. I apologize. 
All right. Pedophile jokes usually are not the way you want to go. No, that joke should never be told again. So your joke, that joke, and then this is the worst joke uh, told to me uh, by a longtime friend of mine, uh, Jimmy Orlando, former bartender at Yogi's, namesake of Jimmy O's in Del Mar. Another joke that you never tell. Uh, he said, uh, guy goes into a bar and there's a bartender and there's a monkey sitting at the end of the bar. Uh, but it's not even a monkey. It's more like an orangutan. I'm saying orangutan. The guy sits there. He has his beer bartender. Orangutan's just sitting over there. And, uh, guy said, have I told you this? No, I don't know this one. The first one you told, I know who told you it and they're a celebrity and I'm embarrassed for them. <laughs> All right. So the the guy sits there, he has his beer, and says the bartender, he goes, hey, what's up with the orangutan? The bartender goes, let me show you. So he reaches under the bar, grabs a big two-by-four, and he walks over, and he just smacks the orangutan right in the back. Bang! Orangutan climbs over the bar and starts servicing the bartender. So the bartender's sitting there, and he looks at the guy. He goes, what do you think? Pretty cool, hmm? The guy goes, yeah, that's really cool. And the bartender <laughs> says, bartender says, you want to try it? And the guy says, yeah, just don't hit me so hard. <laughs> Good. Another joke. You don't tell anybody. Well, they're awful. And I'm offended that Jimmy Orlando told me that. Yeah. Painted me forever. Oh, so, my gosh. There yeah. you go. Good start. But she came crawling back. Good start. Good start for the show. Terrible. I told my wife the joke, who doesn't like anything I seem to do nowadays, and she just starts like she is on the phone, but she starts whispering to me. I don't kind of go, "Why are you whispering?" All she says is, "I don't know why I chose you." That's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? That's the best out of all. That's the best of the five, right there. She just crushed you, and you're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, thirty years. What do you want? Deal with Where it. are you going? Thirty years. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, uh, and this was the other thing that made me uh, laugh today. I was looking at something from the Raiders. You know, the Raiders tonight. Oh, I got a cool college football stat for you too. Don't yeah. let me forget. I always do that, and then I forget the stat. Um, the Raiders. Dave, in the newest edition of Sports Illustrated, the pro football issue, are picked to finish 6-11. and 11. Okay. Uh, dead last in the West. And they write that maybe after missing the playoffs during the entire John Gruden era, um, that maybe it, if that goes as they see it, will Mark Davis pull the plug in on John Gruden, even though he's in the middle of a 10-year contract? And I started thinking about, you know, the Raiders and I don't know if you saw Mark Davis's $14 million house he's building in Vegas today. It's unbelievable. Is that right? $14 million yeah. home? Pictures. The guy, the guy drives like a 2008 social. minivan. That's what's the funniest part. You have to see the house. It looks yeah. like it, it's unbelievable. It looks like a movie set. So I started thinking about, you know, the history of the Raiders and being a fan and it for whatever reason, it made me think about when me and Mike and Josh Rosenberg went to the final game and how much fun it was for us to be at the final game in Oakland and, and being with all the Raider fans on obviously a very sad day for those guys, but just 
being with Rosie and Mike and, and having fun and sharing stories. And then I just started laughing, Dave, because there was a time when you had left iHeart that I had worked with Josh and Mike. Yeah. And you know how it is, Dave, we have to do it for every show. And where they go, Hey, we got to go take, um, photos for the radio station. And so everybody goes and you go as a group and, you know, we did them for extra, right? Where they get everybody in the room, the whole thing. And so me, Josh and Mike had this idea and I can't remember who gets full credit for it, but do you remember Scott and Billy Ray had these promotional pictures out for like 20 years and it was those guys in the leather jackets yeah. and sunglasses. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. So I can't remember if it was Mike, Rosie, it might've been me. I don't remember, but we said, we're recreating that picture. Oh and my God. So we, we came in in leather jackets and, and we're doing that picture. We're sitting on the curb, kind of looking off in the distance, like a boy band. <laughs> we're flexing. We're doing the Hulk Hogan, but it's all with the leather jacket and sunglasses. Now understand if Kaplan had ever saw those, he would have loved it. It would have been right up his alley. But I was just dying laughing today thinking about how management at 1360 panicked, panicked. Whoa, no, 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 no. We're not getting into a turf war. <laughs> and I was like, he's a buddy of ours. He'll get it. He'll understand the joke. And it just made me laugh, Dave, because it just, it shows you how stupid rules are when you're just having, like I said, Scott would have thought it was the funniest thing ever. They're just goofing around having fun. But yeah, they shut us down. But here's my college football. Well, real quick about the real quick. I want to say something about the Raiders because you brought them up. All right. The the okay. six wins are obviously very disappointing. This is the first year where you're going to have fans inside a stadium in Las Vegas yep. for, for Raider games. But when you look at the Raiders, they don't have a ton of talent. I mean, they have their best no. player on the field is a tight end. All right. Darren Waller. So yeah. the best player they have. Okay. So you go, what happened here? Well, that's Mike Mayock who's doing that. You know, they, they had great. Well, I think it's Gruden, though, Dave. Don't you think Gruden's the guy making all those calls? I don't know. I, I, I think re- it's Gruden. I will say this, okay? And I'll go back to when they had the third overall pick in the draft a few years ago, okay? When everyone's mm-hmm. going, what are the Raiders going to do? You get the third overall pick, you're going to get a, a pretty good player. Well, they get the kid, yeah. uh, Cleland Farrell from Clemson. And, Mike, yeah. and everyone went, what the fuck? Everybody went, what the fuck? And he goes, we just stole the, the best player in the draft. Yep. You know he's listed oh. as a backup right now? He's going into year yes. three, and he's a backup defensive end. And you Did go they and, draft Carl Joseph? Was Carl Joseph on the Gruden clock, or was that before him? I think that was before him. And you sit there. Yeah, he just got cut. And so, and you go, I mean, one of their starting quarterbacks is Casey Hayward, who the Chargers said, dude, you don't have it anymore. Yeah. Uh, uh, Perriman's over there. Yeah, now they, they picked up Denzel Perriman this week. I mean, the overall, Gerald you look McCoy. at this team. Yeah, it's, it's Gerald McCoy's trying to make the team. You know, he's, he did. He, he has he, he made the team today. He hasn't played in yeah. twenty months. I mean, yeah. it's, it's insane to sit there and go where they have. And so you have guys that people know. You have you know Josh Jacobs, who people like, and sure. of course you have Carr, and you know one of my favorite players, Hunter Renfro. Yeah, Hunter Renfro, Corey Middleton, who's from San Diego. Who used to be with the Rams, but these aren't all pro, even Pro Bowl no. players. And you go, what the fuck? So, for the Raiders, talent wise, top to bottom of the roster, it's much worse than what the Chargers have. Not even close. 
Well, and then they bring Gus Bradley in to run the defense after Paul Gunther, and you go, when, how is that from going from bad to worse? Yes. The reason why Gus Bradley got fired, too. Exactly it, right. Exactly right. Because he's a dummy. It, it doesn't uh, make any quick, sense. Be, real quick, because I'll forget it. You are a college football fan. They put this stat in Sports Illustrated tonight, and I want to see if you can get it. It may catch you a little flat-footed, so if you go, give me some time to think about it, we can do it. Okay. Tell me the last college football team that won their first national championship. Oh, that's so, a great question. So you understand it, right? So yeah. like when Alabama won it, there's six, or Clemson wins, or, or LSU, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Who was the last team that won the national championship and it was their first national championship. Oh my gosh. This was an unbelievable, and you'll know the team, obviously, right? It's not like it was, you know, 1914 with George, you know, Gip, right? Yeah. Dude, I tell you what, uh, I'm going to go, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is it Michigan? Nope. Is it more recent than Michigan or further back? Michigan was was late night ninety seven. I think was Michigan. I don't know. Uh, Fuck. All right, I'll, uh, I'll go. I'm gonna go even further back. I'll go BYU. What year is that? That's like eighty eighty four. I think it was here when they won. Remember? Yeah. No, it doesn't go back that far. Okay. So it's kind of between those two. I'll give you another one if you go. I don't have it. Um. Uh, but in, it, it, okay, nineteen ninety, Miami and Washington split it split the national championship. Was it Washington or Colorado? In, or ninety one was Washington. No, I'll give it to you. It's nineteen ninety six, Florida Gators, Steve Spurrier, wow. twelve and one. I had no 20, idea. Yeah, it's talking about college football and a little bit how it's becoming the haves and the have nots. Oh, right? yeah, it what is. we're seeing with uh, with Saban and, and Dabo. And you know Orgeron and, and a few like that, but twenty. They talk about going down seeing Steve Spurrier. Yeah, Steve Spurrier saying it was twenty five years ago, the last time a team won the national championship, and it was their first national championship. That's amazing. Isn't that's that a ama- cool stat? That yeah, is twenty five years ago. Well, for, I, I don't know. That's insane. Yeah. I don't know what to say to that. I know you're biased because you're an Alabama fan. Yeah, it's but, been in my but favor. I'll say this. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I I love college football. I don't follow it as closely um, as I do other sports. But man, I tell you what, if I if I find myself home on a Saturday afternoon in Georgia and Florida or LSU and yeah. Alabama are playing, I I find myself watching. There's something about that excitement of big time. SEC football that 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 takes me in. And Dave, I, I got to say it. Maybe it's the wrong answer. I'm not really that upset that Illinois isn't in the mix every year, I'm with or you. Washington State, right, or yeah. or Arizona. I don't know. Maybe it would be better for the sport. But but I I don't know. I like I like big time performers performing on a big time stage. I don't. I used to go to the fights and I'd get there at three o'clock and watch all the undercard fights and think it was great. I couldn't give less of a shit. I just, <laughs> just want to see the main event and, yeah. and watch it. So to me, if it means that it's 
those programs and occasionally we can get a Pac-12 school in or a Big Ten school, Ohio State, Michigan, hopefully one day the Gophers get in there with that bullshit artist P.J. Fleck. <laughs> uh, that's cool. But but if, if you're going to tell me that, I don't know, man, it'd be really nice if Cal was in there. Nobody cares to see Cal. Shut up. <laughs> Am I right? I mean, no, you're I right. You, and you're I, here's the deal. It, that's the way it is in all sports when you think about it. As, as, as much yeah. as you're bringing about college football, Major League Baseball will tell you if it lines up where it's a Yankee-Dodger World Series, they're going to love it. Yeah. They, anything with the Yankees, they're going to love. You know? Yeah. And, and at the same time, if it's the Lakers and the NBA Finals, all that shit, it, it never changes. They understand you're going to have the most viewers because people that hate that team are going to watch and people that love that team are going to watch. Now, if it's a situation like we had this year in the NBA, where you go, if you said before the start of the year, hey, Milwaukee is going to be in the finals, right? Yeah. He'd be like, ah, what? (laughs) Milwaukee's in the finals, and it's going to be against Phoenix. What? Yeah. But all of a sudden, Dave, when you go, hang on, Giannis is playing in the finals, and he could very quickly – be the guy after LeBron goes away and Kawhi goes away, Giannis could be the guy that, that is one of the faces of the game and, in my opinion, so incredibly likable, right? Yeah. And you go, okay, uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't have bought into Milwaukee being in the finals a year ago, but if it's an opportunity for Giannis who stayed there, avoided the opportunity maybe to go to the bright lights of a big city, and this is his chance to win a title and at the same time bring a title to Milwaukee, yeah, I'm in. I'll actually watch that. I'll, I'll go. So maybe, Dave, if there was a guy at one of those schools that I just talked about, Cal or Arizona, and he becomes a big-time impact player, right? Maybe he's in the mix for the Heisman, and now he has the chance to play against uh, you know, Florida or, or A&M or Texas or Alabama or LSU. Clemson, yeah, shit, I'm all in. I, I, I could go for that. But but just the idea that um, it's been a handful of programs, that doesn't really bother me. Yeah. But if it – would you agree? Like if there's, I, I do I agree, said, especially when it comes to, to college sports because in college sports yeah. the players uh, basically disappear after three or four years. It's the, it's the yeah. school name that says it's not about the superstars after a while. It's about the, the program maintaining their greatness. Yeah, the coaches. Now, all of a sudden, you're just kind of reading a couple of different things, right? All of a sudden, North Carolina becomes relevant, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, they're they're relevant. And you go, why, is Butch Davis still there? No, he's been gone 10 years. God damn it. But you go, <laughs> Matt Brown's there. Yes. And you go, what? And you go, dude, how old is that guy? 103? Yeah, that's funny. But the, fact, but the fact that he might have that program winning... Now, all of a sudden, you go, wow, basketball school, like every now and then they've been relevant. But if he's got them winning and they're playing on a Saturday against another team that is a marquee team, shit, Dave, that might catch my catch my attention. I might watch part of that for a while. Yeah, I tell you what, what I love about college football. I do, too. There are three games this weekend that I want to watch as they get started. The Clemson-Georgia game is an outstanding game. Those are two teams that could be in the Final Four playoff. You have Clemson okay. and Georgia going right away against each other. Love that. You have Alabama and Miami, and Miami's not as shitty as they used to be. Miami's actually the number 16 yeah. team in the country. And then just because it's West Coast, 
and SEC schools don't come to the West. You have LSU at the Rose Bowl against UCLA. Oh, I love that too. Yeah, all three of those I games I have too. interest in. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I love that. And here was the funny thing. So I ha- <laughs> had to go to San Diego State last week because there was uh, somebody that I had been somewhat by tested positive for COVID, even though I'd had it, had the vaccine, you go get tested, thankfully negative again. But as I go to San Diego State to get tested and I park, uh, Brady Hoke has his guys practicing yeah. right below the parking structure. And no, I'm not going to go to StubHub. I, I would love to be a season ticket holder at the new place, but I don't know financially what they're going to require. And I don't know if it'll work, but uh, you know, whatever. I love the Aztecs. So, um, you know, I haven't been as in tune with them this year because they're playing the year at StubHub, but Dave, just going and leaning over the wall of the parking structure and watching these guys uh, in the 10 minutes I was there, they were doing a little bit of two minute drill. They were doing a little bit of special teams, right? No, it's not any of the programs we just said, but it is kind of fun just watching even the local guys get after it. So I think uh, the excitement there, even though we mentioned it the other day, it's a typical San Diego move that the stadium's too low, but I hope that at least the experience is better for Aztec fans coming up starting a year from September than it's been for the last 25 years at Qualcomm. It was awful. It was just awful. And you have to figure the fan experience, the food, the whole celebration of that is going to be really, really cool once they get settled in and get going. And, and so that excites me for Brady and the Aztecs. No, it'll be, it'll be, it will be something different. By the way, I don't think it's been called StubHub in three or four years. I think it's like Dignity, what, Dignity, Dignity Health. Health. Yeah, something like that. Okay. It, it wasn't called it. the Q for the last. I know. We all it called it the Q. It hasn't been called the Q forever. And I still call it the I Pay One Center. <laughs> is I Pay One still in business? No, they've been caught. Like, I paid late. Now they're done. Vomino's beat it. <laughs> Who are the other guys? I mean, I call it, okay, let's go. Let's go on venues. Dude, what I do can't you call remember. The That's a funny thing. What I don't do know what the amphitheater's called. I remember when I, it was Coors and when it was like. like cricket? Cricket and Mattress Firm. I don't even know what the yeah, fuck mattress, it is now. I think it's SDCCU. Oh, boy. That's uh, funny. Who also took over naming rights to the stadium, right? Yeah. And then Pachanga uh, has the arena, which is funny because they're in Temecula, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, whatever. I don't know what the naming rights are, but good for Pachanga. And then, uh, and then Petco, right? But, I mean, Petco will always be Petco. See, that's the thing. Do you it's think like, so? Yeah, well, I'm just saying, yeah. even if they go... Oh, you can still call it Petco. Yeah, I mean, if it becomes only fan stadium, right? <laughs> or OFB, right? The only fans ballpark. <laughs> right? There'll still be a bunch of it that's called Petco, because it will be politically correct, wink, wink. But, uh, yeah, I mean, all right. The who, worst who one ever, the worst one of all time was Houston, was the Astros. Remember what they were when they started up? They were Enron. Minute Maid? Enron. Enron. They're fucking their, all their employees over, and they paid all that money for naming rights. Oh, damn. 
Yeah. I mean, like I still, don't you still every now and then call Honda center, the pond. Always. Always. Yeah, Zerohead pond. Yeah. Which was perfect. Yeah. And now it's Honda center, which isn't bad. I mean, it's not bad. Um, but you still call it the pond. It still did. You're telling you, yeah, Staples center will always be that if they change the naming rights and it became, you know, Wells Fargo or, or, you know, us bank arena, whatever. It's, it'll, it'll always be that. It's like, that's why it's, a, I mean, the queue, remember we had the old timers. Uh, Hey, listen, okay. Take your dirty money. All you want. That's a goddamn, <laughs> that's a goddamn tribute to Jack Murphy. It'll always be Jack Murphy. Jack Murphy is the reason we have goddamn sports here, not cows in that field. I don't care what happened. I will always call it what it is. It's Jack Murphy Stadium, and you can take all your bullshit technology, and you're just like, shut up. Goddamn, Qualcomm's here. San Diego, the Jacobs family's done a ton of good things, right? (laughs) Shut up. Oh, well, I don't see a statue. There's a beautiful statue. You know what? I'll tell you this, smartass. (laughs) <laughs> Take a little walk around the stadium and read about Jack Murphy and his beautiful dog Tiger back there. Remember when Nick wondered? Yes. Like they're tearing the stadium down, and Nick's biggest concern was what was going to happen to the statue of Jack and the dog. Like it'll be like the fucking Rocky statue. We'll put in the <laughs> Hall of Champions, you asshole. Shut up. <laughs> it was like a big giant plate on the wall. Remember? So no, that. I'm talking about. I know, but no, you know what I mean? That big plate they had like on the wall, the big wall. Yeah, and on the oh, field. Yeah. They should take that plate and stick it right in Canapa's dining room. Here you go, fucker. Right there. You love put him so much. Got, you'd keep it. Put some, yeah, put some plastic apples on that thing. Get a brand new display. <laughs> Could be your new. Yeah. Dave, what, have you heard what's going to happen to Jack's statue? No. I haven't. You heard, actually, I haven't, I, I haven't asked. I haven't asked. I'll tell you. Yeah. I mean, God damn. You would just sit up there. You know, I can't even remember who it was. I I blame Barry, but Barry's such low hanging fruit these days. I can't. I, it wasn't Barry, but you were just listening when they named it Qualcomm. I was like, dude, that's cool. Like it, Qualcomm Stadium always sounded good. I I never had any problems with that. No, I, my feeling and, was if they're going to pay twenty million dollars, they earn the right for you to make sure you call them by the correct I, name. Absolutely, dude. Yeah, but I mean, they were always San Diego friends that worked yes. there, right? Yes. I said, oh, 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 is that right? Oh, okay. I don't remember them writing columns in '69 like Jack Murphy did. <laughs> maybe, maybe do a little homework. Maybe do a little homework. Oh, okay, I'll get right on that. I'll get right. Is there on anything that. more demeaning? Somebody telling you maybe you should do a little homework. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, you do the homework. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a goddamn treasure, and we just throw him away for money. That's great. Yeah, but you take a little walk around here. Go on out there by that goddamn trolley station. Go out there. Yeah, if you can get around where the people piss, right in the tree. But walk around that and, and do yourself a favor, buddy. Do yourself a favor. Get a little, get a little uh, education. You ever heard of World Be Free? <laughs> yeah, he, he and Jack Murphy. They were the guys that built this goddamn town. And Tommy Nettles. <laughs> Tommy Nettles. I still don't get the Tommy Nettles infatuation. You better figure it out. Oh You're the God. only guy missing out. Fuck. Yeah, Tommy Nettles would have beat Usain Bolt and Tyree <laughs> Kill in full pad. <laughs> Fucking Tommy Nettles. <laughs> 
Hey, hey, uh, you know Jesus. what? You guys tell your jokes. You didn't see him play. He was great. That's always his line. Yeah. That was always Nick's comeback. You never saw him play. I know. You, you didn't see him. Claude Gilbert said he was the greatest receiver he ever had. Would have played for him at the Eagles if he had a chance. Fuck Bo Jackson. You ever see Keith Lincoln? All right. Jesus. Yeah. You ever see Walt Sweeney? <laughs> I don't like anybody ever talks to us ever. Oh my god! Just sitting there taking yeah. taking drags off his heater, fucking throwing one liners <laughs> at us, disgusted with us. Hey, you know what? Doug Scoville's forgotten more football than you two numbnuts have ever learned. So yeah, read up a little bit. Call call John Rosenthal. They got all those old call media John guys. John Rosenthal. Dude, I haven't heard of that name in forever. They got. All the old, call Dave Coon. They got all those old <laughs> media guys on microfiche, Dave. Go up there. You're probably still a student there. You're probably still short a few credits. <laughs> go up there into the uh, Barry Lorge Library and uh, go back and look up Tommy Nettles' stats. Look at that game against Montana State. I think he had 11 catches for 194 yards. Unbelievable game. Should have won the Heisman. <laughs> Oh, no my God. No way. All these are true. That's the sad part. Everything you're saying is 100% true. Player for player, uh, if Tommy Knowles had been at SC and OJ was at San Diego State, Tommy Knowles runs the Heisman. It's not even debatable. <laughs> Nick, they were D2. It's not important. Not uh, important. Uh, okay, so Doug Scoville, Claude Gilbert, <laughs> Tom Bass, they're all wrong? Okay. Okay, sure. That's what he would say. Tom Bass is wrong. Fuck. <laughs> Willie Buchanan at San Diego State, the greatest defensive back I've ever seen. Don't tell me anything about Bo Jackson. Give me a break. Fucking <laughs> guy. <laughs> Go back and look at that game that San Diego State played against College of the Siskiyous, Dave. I think he had 11 tackles for negative 18 yards. Unbelievable game. And he could triple jump. I'm going to take you guys out of my dad's tuna boat and dunk both of you in the water. Fuck both of you guys. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I don't know. We would just sit there and go, okay, well, I don't know. What the fuck would I know? No, of course you don't know because you don't read anything. You just talk. <laughs> Dude, that's get- what he would say, too. He would say the same thing. You don't, you don't do any homework. You just talk. I think Willie had 21 tackles against Chico State one night. Should have been player of the week, but the game's on 10 o'clock on uh, Sport of Vision, Bank of Vision, whatever those were, and uh, nobody thought. Yeah, give me a break. I was there. That's Bill Center. I was there. I was there. Bill Center uh, drove us both, and we talked about it. Bill Center was there. I was there. Ed Zorowski was there. John Freeman was there. Don Norcross. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Don Norcross was a hell of a high school quarterback. I've heard that too. I've heard that too. <laughs> 80 times. We should, just, we should just bring that maniac in. We'd have to go get him. I know. We should just bring that, we should just bring that maniac in and just, just talk down about every one of his heroes. Nick, you when, you look back at, <laughs> when you look back at the Aztecs, do you think they would have been a Pac-10 school had had they not really screwed it up 
by hiring Claude Gilbert. <laughs> what? <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> Dude, his big thing Nick. was, if you wanted to really piss Nick Canop off, all oh, yeah. he had to do was put down Trek. He couldn't. He does not understand how guys okay. are running these 40s. Even though we're looking at the clock, that is basically as legit as can be. There's no way this guy's running a 4-3. I'll tell you what, Dave, the thing you're missing is the old sun-kissed games at the arena. Sebastian Coe and Steve Scott, it's one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Dude, I've heard and it a hundred times. All these are true. This is sad. What, All these what are we true. Saw, what we saw Tommy Smith do in 68 in Mexico City was unbelievable and an inspiration to anybody, any young man, no matter the color. But I'm just saying, pound for pound, Sebastian Cohn, Steve Scott on the boards at the Sunkiss Games in the arena was the greatest track and field event of all time. Jesse Owens, I get it. He raced in front of Hitler. Awesome. But again, if we're just going line for line, track for track, I'll give me Cohn Scott at the Sunkiss Games. It was unbelievable. Every night. They could do the triple jump, too. Willie Banks from Oceanside. Nobody ever talks about Willie Banks. He should absolutely be in the International Track and Field Hall of Fame. It's a, it's a no-brainer. It's an absolute no-brainer. Ask Wayne Lockwood. That's Wayne Lockwood. That's his favorite sport right there. Let me tell you about Dwight Stone. Did you do your homework? I told you I was going to bring yeah. up Dwight Stone. Yeah. But uh, Fosbury? Dick Fosbury was a great athlete. Absolutely. And, and really, really good on the line. He could make himself a Denver omelet. Guy was unbelievable, but he's not the White Stones, Dave. Come on. You're embarrassing yourself by comparing those two. To who? <laughs> to who? You start looking around. Who's listening to this conversation? <laughs> who, who is scoffing at me because I have just said that maybe Dick Fosbury is better than Dwight Stone? Anybody who knows track, which clearly isn't you, well, that's personal. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't even know what anyone's thinking right now, but fuck, man. Every one of these conversations has happened. <laughs> None of this is just bullshit. Every one of these has happened. But He's I, talking yeah. to you and me. We're like 24 years old, and we're like, what the fuck? We don't know anything. And the only thing we, we know is we're like, well, I'm talking to Nick Canepa. He's like the most famous him. guy in this town, and we're like little kids. I'm not going anywhere. And he's yelling at me. He's pissed. And he's blowing smoke to his right and talking to me to his left. Yeah. Hey, hey, you know what? People remember that Brian Sykes fell apart for, for the Browns. Well, that's ridiculous. What he did for the Aztecs was absolutely unbelievable. Don't tell me about Ty Detmer, Jim McMahon. Go look at Brian Sykes. Find the film. Brian also won a Little League World Series. Let me tell you about that. Well, Little League. Yeah, it was great. Tom Santos was a hell of a quarterback. So was Jim Plum in high school. One of the greatest I've ever seen. Your kids go to Helix. Oh my you heard God. of Jim Plum? Dude, yeah. for anybody for anybody trying to imagine this conversation, I'll tell you right now, it was Canapa with his thumb under the cigarette and three fingers on top of the cigarette. Yes. <laughs> Remember how you hold it? <laughs> yeah. My, uh, yes, that's exactly it. Uh, Nick, the greatest line is when I met Nick in 95, March of 95, Fernando was pitching for the Padres and we were in some goddamn, I don't know. I think the chargers were getting ready for the draft. I don't know what was going on. Right. I don't know why I would have been there. And somebody asked Nick how Fernando's doing. 
He hit one batter in three seats. Not great. <laughs> Not great. And that, dude, that was a great line. I love that guy. I oh absolutely gosh. love that guy. I'm going to get him in there. I'm going to figure out a way to get him. Yeah, in we're going to have to pick him up. We talked so about sending a car. Him. We're going to have to literally go get him. Uh, Jeff, Ted, uh, what the fuck? You fucking send a car for Canada and I got to fucking drive? What the fuck is that? That's the next call I'll that get right after next, that. That is the next one. When the, show, when the show was over with Ted and he says, I still can't believe you guys didn't send a fucking car. Yeah, who, is this what What? Whose car? Car by sending. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll just text Ted afterwards. Hey, sorry, man. We, we went and picked up Nick in Little Italy. Huh. What a fucking Encinitas. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Ted. Sorry, buddy. Oh, that's uh, funny as shit. Damn it. <laughs> that is so fucking funny. Uh, yeah, two, two people will get any of those, and I'm sorry to go. So that's what you guys go way too inside. Way too inside. That's what we used to hear in every meeting with our program director. David and I would just sit there and laugh and laugh and laugh. And we're like, we don't care. If people that know these guys, so what? Not every not every story is for everybody, oh, but the fuck. people who get it will like it. Dude. Way too inside. Enough. Oh my god! None of that. Tears are no rolling more in my face. Nick. No more Nick Claude Gilbert stories. I don't want to hear the name Tom Bass on that show again. What's the Nothing. deal with Wayne no, Lockwood, Jeff? What's the deal Wayne, with Wayne Lockwood? What is with this Bob Crane story? That that was a triple homicide. You guys think it's funny? Jesus Christ, we're trying to keep Corky's on board. You <laughs> didn't want to hear that. Sorry. Oh, that's just, it. That's what you did. Sorry. We do it again right away. Just, yeah, for crying out loud, guys. God damn. <laughs> I've got who? Who's Teddy? We're going to lose Teddy Stevens College Ford. We're going to lose it. Okay. Just sitting here like you're so god, you're not even funny. That's the problem. Nobody knows Nick Canapa in this town. Nobody's ever heard of Wayne Lockwood. Just sitting here, who, Sebastian Cohen, the Sun Kiss game. Stop. I want you to talk stadium. Is the stadium going to get built? I want you to put Scott Lewis on this show and Scott Sherman on this show. I want those guys. And Adam Day, Kyle's got Adam Day's number. He's the guy trying to keep. I know he doesn't know anything about sports. Get Adam Day on the show. Jim Steig. Jim Steig. Okay. Can we can we get this figured out? God dang, guys, it's not that tough. Jeff, I no hope you're Bob Crane. Jeff, I hope you aren't doing anything after this one Friday because you're going to go down to Teddy Stevens' fucking college floor. You're going to run the barbecue. That's what you're going to do. You're going to try and save that account. I didn't realize it was at risk. Yeah. You put, you put that white hat on like a 1950s McDonald's line cook and, and get it done and don't undercook the burgers. It's still, still one out of business. It's it's a Toyota dealership now. (laughs) 
Yeah. Get, uh, get all, I, I better hear Scott Lewis on that show tomorrow. I swear to God, I'm not even joking. The consultant says, Scott Lewis sells. <laughs> Scott Lewis sells. <laughs> as much as we can get. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my God. Do you guys have any bits? I want to hear bench day tomorrow. Yeah. I want to hear that. Come up with it. Crying out loud. All right, get out of here. Get, that's, that's exactly how they all went. What a sad career. That's exactly how they all went. <laughs> this show tonight was 100% for Dave. I don't oh know if anybody God. else got it. It was worth it. it was, uh, does crying the uh, whole time. Tears rolling down my face the entire fucking time. Damn, is that yeah, fucking funny. Oh, my oh, gosh. You're do pick, hang on, hang on, hang on. So your big idea is that you're going to do pictures mocking Scott and Billy Ray. You want to start a turf war? No. No. Put the station denim shirts on and get in there. Denim. I'm not Jay Leno. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, smartass. Oh, this is true. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, okay. Dave, you hold the bat. Jeff, you just hold the basketball for Christ's sake. Let's go. Fuck. Gotta get Hartman in here and Rich Ornberger. Let's fucking go. Dude, I still have those pictures. One, two, three, toss the football in there. Make it look like a catch. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Jesus yeah. Christ. What are we doing? Oh, my God. Horrendous. Yeah, God, and then <laughs> yeah, I would have admitted to any crime at that point. Yeah, I would have admitted. I would have admitted to being DB Cooper. That was me. <laughs> I, I took the cash, jumped out. I was on the grassy knoll. I did anything. To yeah, awful. Oh my gosh! Hey, did you uh, speaking of today? Did you watch the the pods at all today? Do you hear the game at all? I didn't, but I did. You know, the funny thing is, where's I Jesse mean, I Eckler, By the way. Uh, just a couple of days off. Somebody wrote, it might have been Leisure, uh, Leisure that said, hey, um, what's the deal with these broadcasters taking all these days off? Number one, I know Padre fans hate when Grant takes a day off because he thinks he jinxes the team if he's out. But yeah. at the same time, it was, uh, not that Bob Scanlon's bad, but no? I'm just curious, where's where's Jesse at? Uh, a couple of days, probably. Um, but the snow thing I thought last night was really, really interesting because You've got no hitter through seven. Yeah. And that's right about the time I got home. And I got home and you go to the eighth and Pierce Johnson comes in. And, and to me, Dave, I'm like, what are you doing? Right? It's so stupid. It's so minor league, Bush league, the whole thing. And then all of a sudden you realize that that Snell was, I think, at about 107 yeah. pitch count. Yeah. He had thrown 122 last time out. You're still just a game and a half. And I go, you know what, man? That that one is really, really tough, right? It and, is a tough one. And I, I saw A.J. Caswell right today. He goes, oh, man. He goes, if Joe Musgrove had not thrown the no-hitter earlier this year, I would not have wanted to check out Twitter. And so, yes, I felt incredibly bad for Blake Snell. I thought what Blake Snell and Machado said afterwards was pretty cool. Definitely takes the heat off of Jace, right? You get the yeah. win, an important win. It's just frustrating for everybody when Pierce Johnson, a couple of guys then gives up a hit and it's gone. 
but you settled for the one hitter. I, I just think I thought the whole approach of the team was was pretty cool to to kind of be like, hey, we're all in it together. Um, but no, in the moment, I was incredibly frustrated, thinking it was stupid. But when you looked at it big picture, yeah, um, you got that's really really sucks. But I get it. You can't. Okay, and we know because we've seen it with Snell, right? Snell's not a guy. He's not a guy that cruises through innings in eight, nine pitches. He's a guy that feels like every every inning is eighteen, nineteen pitches. Yeah. So if he's at if he's at one oh seven, right? And now all of a sudden potentially he's got that chance to be one twenty and now oh boy, you you just you can't. I, no, I get you, you it. Had, you had, they you got had, the win. You had to yank him. Uh, here's the, the bright spot on Snell is he's been outstanding the last month. I mean, he's really, really been good. Yeah. He's, he's been as good as we had hoped he would possibly be. Whereas if, let's say you had a one-game playoff game, and that's their only chance is a one-game playoff game, he's your guy right now. If you have the, the chance, at least, because you're playing on Sunday and then you can come right back. But if it comes back to where you can have him and he's healthy, ready to go, he is your guy. Who else is better than Snell right now? No, but you know, the thing is, we had this deal the other night, we were going off about this team, and I, I heard part of it back, and I'm like, I can't figure out which one of us is the bigger idiot. We're talking about this rotation, and we're looking ahead toward for a year, and we're talking about Darvish and Snell and Clevenger, and neither one of us ever mentioned the guy I just said, who threw the no-hitter, Joe Musgrove. I don't know what it is about Musgrove, Dave. Yeah. He's... I've had so much fun watching him. I love his approach. I love the fact that he came out of the bullpen when they needed him to come out of the bullpen earlier this year. The fact that he went to Grossmont School, his family, the whole story is so cool. I do not get, for myself, there's some kind of mental block, or maybe I'm just a moron, where I just... I've done it like three different times on this stupid podcast where I forget about Joe Musgrove being part of that rotation. And it, it makes me insane because I really have become a big fan of his. I know Stephen Ben used to talk to him a lot when he was with the Pirates, and, and I wasn't paying attention even as a local kid. But damn, Joe Musgrove has become one of my favorite guys on that team. So, yes, obviously Joe will be a big part of that rotation next year. Um so listening back when we were like, you got to find two arms. No, you probably got to find one. Um, but you're right. No, I mean, Snell's, Snell's your guy. And that's great because he had struggled. You know what I wonder, Dave, on that is when he had the success that he had and when Machado said to him, just throw the ball. Yeah. No. Trust your stuff and go. Like sometimes we've all acted in life. We've had certain little mental blocks or things that are keeping you from achieving whatever success you're looking for. Yeah. And then that voice gets in your ear, a voice that you trust or respect. It could be somebody you love. Um, and they just give you that little something you're looking for. And that can be enough to, to get the, the engine rolling. Maybe that was it, man, but he sure is likable. I'm, I'm really, really happy for him. That was cool. No, he's uh, done a fantastic job. On the other side, Darvish has been terrible. I mean, he, right now he falls to seven and nine. He only went two and two-thirds today, Jeff. He, he gave up five earned runs, and ERA's up to over four. And you're going, what happened to Darvish? And he just go, yeah. you know, what, 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 it's unbelievable what's gone on with him. 
The other thing that's kind of amazing with this Padre team, everyone talks about Tatis and being in the outfield and, you know, is that the right move? Well, Cronenworth's defense has been fine, but his bat has gone right yeah. in the toilet since going to shortstop. Yep. Batting average drops to 267. Again, nothing. And then you have Frazier, who is used as a pinch hitter again. And you're like, what the fuck Crazy. happened to Frazier? I mean, another all-star who was just a bench player. You see that Tatis clip today from no. Arizona? Well, you know, from last night where the, the left and right was yeah. fantastic. Fantastic that Tatis played along. That's why he's great. That is the funniest clip I've seen. When I, and I'm sure when I explain it to people that don't know. So there's this clip. Now, hang on. Have they been doing yeah. this all through baseball? Yeah, it's been going on through baseball the whole year. So am I right, Dave, that the guy yells at him and says to tease, you know, I'll clean it up a little bit, even well, though we cut yeah, all the time. Matter. But we have, a, we have a female demographic that we love and respect. So he basically said, the guy in the stand said, hey, if you're a chess guy, use your right hand. Acknowledge us with the right hand. And if you're a rear end guy, use the left hand. And he puts the left hand down. <laughs> right? That was awesome. That's great. Funniest, funniest damn thing. And the crowd went crazy. Yeah. Dude, that kid's special. Dude, man. It, it, was, mean, it was great. I mean, kids already love him. And then you have you have yeah. people that, you know, our age, a little bit younger that are so into it. There's so many comments from women that made me laugh. Oh, either they're like, now we're talking or I'm devastated from women. <laughs> that were upset by what he said. But it was, it was great that he played along with the fans during a game. It was great. Yeah. I, I just, that to me, man, oh man. And that to me is like a very precious commodity for yes, this team. I agree. Very precious commodity. And Every now and then in sports, right? Yep. Certain people have their voice heard. I would think Mike Trout's probably got a voice heard for the Angels if Artie was smart. Yeah. Um, he'd listen to Mike Trout. Well, I tell you what, man. If I'm Pete Seidler or, or AJ or whoever is over there, boy, forget Manny, forget Hosmer, forget Snell or Darvish or any of them. That's the guy. Yeah. That's the guy Dave that's the future of baseball right there and I would just stay in conversation with that guy to me he's incredibly mature he's insightful I like him um, he's likable he's absolutely like the crown jewel of this city right now and I would just do everything to know make him know how appreciated he is by the organization and and I I don't know. I would just do my part to, to, to stay in conversation with him and get his opinion. I don't know if Tony's voice was ever heard by, maybe by John Moore, right? I don't know, though. I mean, you had Cammy and Finley and you know, Kevin Brown and Ashby. I mean, you know, there were a lot of strong personalities on that team. But I don't know if, if Kevin Towers or Boach how much they conversed with Tony and got his thoughts on it. But it, that might not have been what Tony wanted to do. Yeah. But man, man, I would just find a way, Dave, to, to keep open communication with that guy on a regular basis. Cause he's, yeah. I mean, he's not only the face of that Padre team, he's quickly becoming one of the faces of baseball. And well, I, I think, think right great. now he's the biggest star in the sport outside of Otani, who is, 
you know, it, yeah. it, it, it's different with Otani. You know, Otani's doing the best he can and has done great things. But with, with Fernando yeah. being able to speak two languages comfortably, man, he's a superstar. Yeah, I love Otani, too. Yeah. I, I mean, that that's, yeah, that's a really cool one, too, where you go, yeah, guys that um, that do so much for the game. And, and it's always that challenge for any sport, right? Getting the younger fans involved, getting them invested, and having dynamic personalities that have that flair. You know what I think is cool about Tatis, too, Dave, is he, he's got so much personality, right? And we just, we love the whole thing. We just, we love the look, the whole thing. But it seems like he has so much mutual respect from teams around baseball and players around baseball. Yeah. And a lot of times when you see guys that have the charisma that he does, sometimes that can rub people the wrong way. And I think it's inc- really, really unique and special. And I think David, it's probably, Otani's not, you're not going to see Otani um, as flashy as Fernando, but I think that's cool that, that they're both so well liked and respected by the teams on the other side. You don't always see that. I think that's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. And, and we should enjoy that as well. I think one of the big moves for Otani, because I mean, excuse me for Tatis Jr. is we see him here. I mean, we watch a game at seven yeah. o'clock. It's not a big deal. The Freddie Freeman story was great with Freddie yeah. Freeman and his son and Fernando because, you know, back east, especially in Atlanta, it's the games for Braves fans, if you're going to stay up and watch, the game starts at 10-10. How many people are staying up to watch yeah. the end of Padre games and know exactly what he does day in and day out without seeing the highlights? For Freddie Freeman to bring him in, the MVP of the league, to bring him into his circle and introduce him to people in the south is, is wild. You know, and, and really I think was – a great move, but Fernando got a chance to show who he is too. It wasn't for show for Fernando, whether there were cameras there or not. That's exactly what he would have done for that kid, which happened to be Freddie Freeman's son. You know, I loved is that that first clip, right, where uh, Freeman's son uh, meets Fernando in the dugout, and he kind of gives him that quick hug and starts moving away, and Fernando calls him back. Yeah. Hey, where are you going? Where are you going? And then the kid comes back and he goes, dude, that you can't teach that. That's just, that's just a guy that just gets it. He gets it at a different level. And you go, I, I, it just, it wouldn't shock me, Dave, that, that you go, man, that's a guy. Look at what he's meant for fill in the blank team. Boy, I'd love to have one of those guys in San Diego because they're generational talents, but they're just, they're just different. And it's not what they do always on the field, which is so amazing, but, but who the person is, what a huge personality. You just, you love it, right? You can't get enough of it. But yeah, when he called that little guy back and you just go, dude, come on, man. That, and when he's waving at him from the on deck circle and it all gets caught. Yeah, I agree with you, Dave. I, I thought that was very, very cool. It was and, cool. Uh, and it was captured, and that's exactly what the sport of baseball needs, more of that. Hey, Jeff, want to mention Brian Curry. Brian Curry, as everybody knows, sells real estate. Look, this happened to a family member of mine this week where they last second decided, let's take advantage of the real estate market, and they sold their home. Now, they at the same time, nope. they have four little kids, and they go, let's, let's take advantage of what's going on. Our house will never be worth more. And again, it's just like a stock. You're never going to sell your house at the highest point. You're never going to buy a house at the lowest point. 
but you have to figure out where the market is. And unless you're an expert, you don't know what to do. Well, guess what? Here's a young family that has four kids that have nowhere to go. They don't think this thing yeah. out. They didn't call Brian Curry. The same thing. If they would have told me they were, they're doing, no one in the family knew they were going to do this within 48 hours. They sold their home that fast. Brian Curry is the guy to walk you through this process. This is a huge decision. If you're a homeowner, you understand this is the biggest investment that you will probably have. Brian Curry is your guy. You need to call Brian and talk to him about the real estate market now, the direction it's going, and where you're going to move to next if you're in this situation. 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. Yeah, Dave, it's absolutely so important. It's such a huge decision that's not only going to impact your life, it's going to impact your family's life. And the other thing is, too, I think often we talk about when you buy a house for yourself or your family. Well, remember, with the way real estate's going in California, it's also an investment because we, I have a condo in La Mesa and as part of the divorce, it was, well, do I get bought out? Do we sell it and split it? And now we're working on it to keep it in the family so that it can be passed down to one of our sons. So if you're buying a property, you want to make sure that you're getting the right one. And so that you are not only set up for you, your spouse, your kids, but the idea that maybe that house in 25, 30 or, or longer years can be handed over, the keys can be handed over to one of your kids. And what a great accomplishment that would be as a parent. It's something I'm working to do and you can do it as well, but it starts with the right house and the right house starts with the right agent and there's nobody better than Brian Curry. Absolutely. Look, if you're in the market for a swimming pool and you're thinking about it and the family's talked about it, it is the right decision. Get that pool. Make your memories right there in your own backyard. Alan Taylor does a fantastic job. I love when people send me pictures or Alan posts something of a pool that he just finished. People are extremely happy with their tailor-made pools. Alan Taylor's the best in the business. Go through the process with him. 619 619- Four four nine four four five two six one nine four four nine four four five two. So many people are, are are looking at the pools that they have and not happy with those. Well, Alan can help you there as well. If you've got a pool that maybe you bought that house and it's a pool that looked really really cool in the seventies or eighties, and right now it's just not getting the job done. Yeah, the team at Taylor Made Pools can come in make any of those necessary repairs or do a complete renovation. And how great would that be? All of a sudden the boring pool becomes fantastic. I missed the days, Dave, when we talked about the grotto. Can you imagine how cool that would be yeah. for the people that have called tailor-made pools? And unfortunately now we're starting to see COVID numbers. It wasn't that long ago where the numbers were 30 to 40 a day and we were feeling pretty good. And all of a sudden I just heard today that it's spiking to, 1,200 and over 1,000 COVID cases, and now we're kind of maybe pulling back a little bit from getting out as much and, and just trying to stay close to home. Well, nothing's better if you got to stay closer to home than, than a brand-new tailor-made pool in the backyard. And even as we turn the pages on the calendar and head into September, fall is here upon us. So what? We've all done it. We live in California. Santa Ana's are coming. Nothing better on a cool night than jumping in that warm pool. Call Alan and his team and see what they can do for you. 
Dan Williams is who you want to talk to when it comes to your finances. If you're in debt, let's get out of it. If you're in the market for a home because you've always been renting, let's get out of the rental market. Let's buy your first home. Dan Williams wants to help you do both. Again, Dan does his Bar Smart 2-Minute Tuesdays on YouTube. You can check out this week's episode. Again, Dan will show you something that you probably didn't know that could change your life. Dan's the guy to talk to when it comes to your finances. Don't waste any more time. 858-688-6813. 858-688-6813. Not too many people. If you're following Dan on social media, he's doing a bike ride across America to raise money for charity. But Dave, I, I, he, I talked to him the other day. He was fighting a bit of a chest cold. And sadly, I'm here to report that that chest cold has gone directly into his decision-making uh, aspect of his brain. And it's really, really frustrating and sad for me. <laughs> what part of his brain today, is that? It's the part that led Dan to write on social media, traveling across Des Moines, Iowa. What a great city. No, there's nothing great about Des Moines, Iowa. I've been there. It's, it's, the only thing great about Des Moines is leaving there. So <laughs> it's with, uh, with a heavy heart and a whole lot of concern that I hope Dan gets back into civilization so I never have to read about Des Moines, Iowa being great. There's nobody that's like, Honey, we have two weeks uh, in the spring. What are we doing? Well, we go to the Cayman Islands over Des Moines. <laughs> great point. Yeah. Dave, New York City is a great city. Chicago's a great city. Toronto's a great city. London's a great city. Madrid, Barcelona, Lisbon, Portugal, all fantastic. You know what's not Des Moines, Iowa. Dan, get it together. Uh, but yeah, borrow smart, repay smart. And as mentioned, uh, so many great things coming up for charity and how you're going to benefit as the audience from what Dan's doing to give back to you. Can't wait to tell you more about it as time goes on. Absolutely. Kyle Fluger, you want to talk to Kyle with your website. Kyle's the one that would build a website for you. He'll also fix the one that you currently have. The whole idea is to make it easy to use and draw traffic to it. Kyle's done a great job with the Dave and Jeff show.com. And whereas talking to him today, jakesprojects.org. Again, if you want to help a, a young child out who can't afford to play sports, Kyle Fluger did our site for us at jakesprojects.org. His number, though, to help you out, 619-500-6621, 619-500-6621. Any of us that are in e-commerce, we talk all the time about, is our website performing at the level that the customer uh, demands? Because there are big sites like Amazon that are. And if your site is not working at that level, then guess whose is your competition. And whether your competition's Amazon or just the other guy down the street, they know that the best thing to do is have a very efficient, easy to use website. And if yours is not working that way, it's time for you to call flukes and, uh, Thoughts to Flug, thoughts to Dan, because both of those guys are getting an ass kicking on Friday when we have our fantasy football draft. Hope they don't hold it again. <laughs> All right, here we go, Jeff. How old are they and how much are they worth? We're going September 1st. We're going to start with okay. Dr. Phil. Oh, man. I love this game. I don't know why I'm, every guy I ever hear back, I'm always so shocked. I don't know. Uh, Dr. Phil, I'm going to say he's uh, 68. 71. Could you, uh, could you drive? <laughs> no. From, from here, here to, to National Chicago City? City? No. Yeah. I actually think he'd be pretty funny. I'm going to say I could. I think, I think uncensored Phil McGraw would be pretty funny because especially when he starts telling stories about maniacs like the Cash Me Outside Girl. Oh, yeah. 
See, I, I think I think Dave, you played that wrong. I think that dude would be very, very funny. And I'll tell you the other thing about Phil McGraw. Let You'd get out of the car feeling like a loser. He'd break you down. He'd no, I think we go. Yeah, you half-assed your whole life. Oh yeah, no, I'd tell him that first, but that's all right. I'm going to have some laughs. <laughs> and I tell you what, this is the other thing that I like about Phil McGraw. I think he's the guy that picks up the check. I'll tell you, Jerry. He Steinfeld better when you find out how much money he has. Do you know what Jerry Seinfeld's move is, Dave? No. I heard this. Uh, Maniscalco told this story. To, I can't figure out who he told it to. Might have told it to Stern. Maniscalco said he went, Sebastian Maniscalco said he went to dinner with Steinfeld. And they go and they're meeting each other, the whole thing. And at the end of the dinner, Sebastian's like, do I pay? Does Jerry pay? Whatever. And uh, the waiter comes over and says, all right, guys, you're all set. Have a great night. And Sebastian's like, what do we do? Jerry's like, we, we leave. We're done. Steinfeld called the night before and said, here's my credit card. Here's, you know, X amount for the tip. Everything's wow. covered. How about that move? Wow. I got, that's a pretty big power move. I think Phil McGraw's probably like that, too. And I'm going to say he's like that because he's worth $100 million. <laughs> You aren't even close. You aren't even close. You want to try again? Uh, I'm too low. Way too low. Two hundred and thirty million. Not even close. Shut up! How much is he worth? Double what you just said. Four hundred and sixty million dollars. No yes. way. Yep. No way. Yes. Four hundred. How did they make all that money, dude? You know the syndication TV deals work. Four hundred and sixty million dollars. Wow. Yeah. He better pick up yeah. the check. He better. God damn it, Phil! Don't get the crocodile on him. <laughs> All right, here you go for you. Lily Tomlin. Throwing her one? Nope. She doesn't want it either. She doesn't even go her way. Lily Tomlin, uh, 80. 82. 82. I'm gonna I used say, to hate uh, when I was a little kid. She Remember she used to be on Sesame Street, and she'd sit in that big fucking chair and was yeah, licking her it. lips, and I would like, what the fuck's the deal with her mouth? Yeah, I'm sure that phone operator. Yeah. Enough of that. Uh, but then you see her on interviews, and she's really, really cool. She does that. Uh, she does say, that TV show with Jane Fonda on Netflix. Yeah, I saw her on something. I can't think. Dude, she was funny as shit. She is funny. Uh, I'm gonna say twenty million. Exactly right. Good cool. job. Good for her. Barry Gibb. Barry Gibb. Okay. Uh, had it all rolling. Right. He had that hair shirt on button yeah and then he went matt dillon and something about mary and got those teeth done yeah hey you got a little issue right here Dave. hey yeah i miss my brothers a lot what <laughs> hey hey oh you got my natural teeth i am very uh yeah i miss robin and maurice andy um andy because he brought victoria principal around um, let's say Barry Gibb is 77, 75, 75. I'm going to say he's worth, wow. Uh, they wrote a lot of stuff. They, they sure probably did. owned it. I'm going to say 200 million, $140 million for Barry. Damn. But that's Australian. Yeah. So I don't know what the exchange rate is. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Last one. Gloria Estefan. All right. Who would you rather drive with Gloria Estefan, Barry Gibb or Phil McGraw? 
from here to uh, San Francisco. Okay, in order. I'm going, yeah. I think I'm going Barry Gibb. <laughs> I don't know, those teeth just fucked me up. I think I'm going Barry okay. Gibb, Dr. Phil, Thanks, Dave. Gloria, and then Lily Tomlin. <laughs> so I'm going with. <laughs> I'm going uh, Dr. Phil, Gloria Estefan, Barry Gibb. What? 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 I'm good. I got good choice. <laughs> and then uh, Lily Tomlin's fourth. Too. Gloria Estefan. Is 60. 64. Ah, dude. And then. Uh, the money's going to surprise you. I'm going to say uh, 90 million. Dude, not even close. 500 million. $500 million. Exactly right. More money I than saw, Dr. Phil. Well, because see, people forget, man. She, she has a lot of uh, Spanish music hits. Yeah, right? she must. All I knew was the rhythm was going to get you. We saw her at the, uh, me and my old roommate, Laura. My old roommate, Laura, loved her. So we went to the Del Mar Fair and saw her. Man, I tell you, David, person, dude, she was beautiful. Yeah. Like, you go. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And very cool. Yeah, she seemed cool, too. And her husband always seemed like a good dude, right? I guess. I just remember he was always around. When you'd be yeah, around, too. manager. Yeah. If your wife had five hundred million, you'd be around too. Yeah, I don't know what he did. Did he play any instruments? No, he didn't. Cowbell? He didn't, he didn't even do that. Yeah. Do you know his name? No, no idea. Do you? I was gonna say Emilio, but I'm like, no, it's not Emilio. <laughs> I guess not him. Oh my god, dude! You want me to look oh. it up? Oh, I yeah. Can, uh, what's his name? Hang on. Why is... do I not know this? You should know this. All right, you want to try again before I get to it? Yeah. What? Uh, was, was that Mario? Dude, it I, is Emilio. You son of a bitch. He is, right? Yeah, they've been married since 1978. All right, that's cool. Now, that's funny. How the fuck did you get that? Okay, who's the who's the ninth president of the United States? No idea, John Adams. <laughs> I have no idea myself. I just had to throw it at you. Just dumb shit we know. Oh, Emilio Estefan. Okay. But yeah, Emilio Estefan and then Emilio Estevez. Oh so weird. God. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is fucking. Right, put, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. How did I know that? I don't know. Big fan. Oh, my God, dude. That, that's funny as shit, dude, to me that you got that. Damn. Yeah. Dude. That's the strangest I, shit you've ever done. I, but you know, the weird thing is huh. that's one of those weird things that you have in the back of your head that you don't even know you have it. Yeah. Because there was no, if you would have said, how much do you want to bet that you're right? I wouldn't have bet you a nickel. Like if you would have said, okay, you, you blurted out Emilio. Do you want to stay with that answer? Change it. It would have been like, change it because I I'm thinking Emilio Estevez. Oh my so God. That, yeah. Right. I'm thinking Emilio Estevez. And then I got it right. But if you were like, you have a million dollars, do you want to bet any of it? I, I want to bet a nickel. Dude, that's fucking nuts. That's one Crazy, of those, like, right? remember when uh, Troy Aikman suffered like his 20th concussion and they're like, all right, yeah. what's your name? Troy, do you know where the Super Bowl is this year? Norman, Oklahoma. All right, take his helmet. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd, yeah. be, you'd be that guy. What's your name? Jeff. What's Gloria Estevan's husband's name? Emilio. Oh, he's fine. He's 
going back in. But, yeah. Why don't I know anything? I don't know. I know that. That is dumb knowledge. Stupid knowledge right there. I know. It could have been a thousand other things, but good for him. 500 million. All right, here we go. Five random questions for you. If you were to write a book, what would it be about? Oh, I like that. Uh, If I was to write a book, what would it be? Oh, um, one of my favorite books. You know what I would write, Dave? I would write books. This would be it. This is the most fascinating thing to me. I'll actually tell you this. I think I would write a book or do a documentary on people in combat sports and how they handle the days after a big loss, I like getting that. knocked out because uh, there's a, a wild documentary right now on Netflix about Christy Martin. So I had said earlier in the show that I used to go to the fights early. And so in like 94, I saw Christy fight on an undercard. And I remember when I started work with Hank and Kevin, um, I came back and I said, Hey man, you, we got to get Christy Mark on the show. And they were like, what, who? And I said to Hank and Kevin, dude, she's unbelievable female boxer. She's pretty. And she just throws bombs. Well, then she went on that one card of the Tyson card. And we'd had her on a couple of times with Hank and Kevin. And we got to know her. I got to know her husband, Jim too, unfortunately. And then uh, when she blew up and, and was on Sports Illustrated after that big fight, I called her, and I'll never forget. She called me back. She goes, Jeff, I had over 100 messages on my machine. I returned two calls. I returned Don King's and yours. And we wow. got her back on KFMB. She stayed on. Dave, you remember, she yeah, became a good friend and all these different things. And now you find out on uh, – on this Netflix documentary that Jim, her husband, who I also knew was insanely abusive. And now he's in jail for doing terrible things to her. And Christy ended up marrying a woman that had been a previous opponent. It's a wild story, but combat sports, man, leading into the big fight, you are Dave, you always say, Hey, you're champ. How's it going? Everybody loves you. They want to do the whole thing. And then if you get knocked out or humiliated, nobody calls you because they don't know what to say. So if I was going to write a book, very long-winded answer, I would have people tell that story, the story about the day after, right? Michael Spinks, the day after, the weeks after losing to Mike Tyson or anybody like that. When you see talking Nate Robinson after getting knocked out, yeah. like, fuck, dude, you're mean. That would be my book having those guys tell their stories. I like what it. would you do? Mine would, mine would be what I, I think I, I know best. That would be um, uh, coaching and how to communicate with kids. Uh, it's it's like shocking that. to me how many people seem like they can't do it. I thought you were going to say annoying the shit out of Padre fans. Annoying the shit out of Padre fans. Be the most hated guy in a single city. Yeah. They Great. What is your go-to excuse for being late? Um... Uh, I don't, you know what, Dave? I, I don't, I, I hate it. You just, I hate you when, just, you just own it. when you when you're late, you yeah. just own it. Yeah. I, I don't want to make excuses on that. I just, I, I hate being the burden to people. I hate being disrespectful to people. And so the only thing like this, 
this was funny. The last time I was late for a deal, I had friends that um, asked me to come to like a dinner, right? And it was the first night that my sons were in high school or the just a couple of weeks ago. It was the night of their first day of high school. And we were going to meet at like a bar and instead it got moved to these people's house in this weird part. I told this story a couple of weeks ago in Lucadia yeah. and I couldn't find it. And I was so frustrated because I felt like I, I was holding up whatever they were doing there. And eventually I just said, Hey, listen, I can't find it. And I'm thinking about my kids. They want to high school, the whole thing. We'll just do it a different night. Well, then I find out later on, it's like three fucking couples and it would have been me. Oh, I'm like, you know, I told this, we, we told this story. I'm like, what am I, goddamn hosting the game show? Peter Tamarkin? You guys going to play Press Your Luck? Fuck off. <laughs> Don't invite me to that. So, and, like, I'm driving down, and my one friend's like, hey, don't forget to grab a cake. It, it's our other friend's birthday. I'm like, she has a husband. I'm not doing any of this shit. I just got up to work. <laughs> like, stop saying that. Annoy the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah. Goddamn, I have friends I love, but sometimes they are dumb as hell. Maybe they, just wanted, maybe they just wanted to basically bring you into it. it wasn't a swingers party where one person's going to be left out. Well, yeah, yeah. Why am I there? Why would anybody that knows me longer than a day think I'd have any interest? In <laughs> knows me longer than a day. I'll give you a great excuse here. I've never used this one, but it's a great one. Okay. All right. The dog got out. You know? Oh, I like, yeah. You know what I mean? Because no one's yeah. going to work if the dog got out. No one's going, well, the dog no. will be fine. In nine hours when I come home, the dog will be there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The dog got out. You no, got to get the dog. Yeah, no, it's funny. All my guys on my team at about 545 tonight, I let uh, my two main guys know that, hey, I'm probably running late tomorrow because I got to figure out this tire thing. So I'm letting them know way ahead of time tonight that I got to get up to somewhere tomorrow. Yeah. This town or Evans or something, try to get this tire thing. No, I, I hate being late. I don't, I, I just, I hate being disrespectful to people, especially around their time. So I just try to, Hey, I try to be there on time. And if I am going to run late, I try to call you as soon as I know I'm going to be late to give you that heads up. All right, here we go. Question number three, what is something that strangers often incorrectly assume about you? Oh, I like that. Um, Oh, I like that. Um, ah, that's cool. I don't know, man. It, it's funny. Like you get to a certain point in your life and you stop thinking that about what people is, think. Yeah. But you also stop thinking like, like I still have friends that think people are out to get them and <laughs> say this about them. You Dude, know what I mean? I know a lot of those think, guys. Yeah. I think people hate them or, or yeah. do things like that. Hey, baby, you know what, Dave, I think, and, and maybe it's in the time frame since the podcast, um, where everything that we've talked about on this show, goddamn, dude, I'm, I'm insanely lucky. People have been great to me. Like, yeah. really, and in the last five years with the divorce and Erica and everything, dude, people have been great to me. I, I don't know. I mean, anything, it would probably just be something funny um, or, or, like, lighthearted, not anything. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm because... Usually if I, if I meet somebody and, and, um, 
it's, it's usually talked about the show or, or, you know, being a dad or those kind of things. I, I mean, that's a really cool question. I like it. I probably would have had a much different answer, you know, 15 years ago, but in the last you know, three, four years, people have just been great. So I, I don't know. Do you have one? Oh yeah, dude. The majority of these people in this town think I'm an asshole. <laughs> oh, well, that, yeah, but that, well, yeah, but it's things that they're wrong about. Oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah. And if you know me, you know what I do with my time. But if you don't know me, and look, I brought it on myself. I'm not saying people are, are crazy to think I'm an asshole. I know I'm an asshole on Twitter. I know how it works, but, but I created that. I understand that. But I think overall people that don't know me, yeah, which is strangers is what was written in the question, is uh, people incorrectly think I'm straight out the biggest asshole on the planet. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, like, it's just funny. Um, like we've talked about like just really cool people from different walks of lives that we get the chance to meet. So I don't know. It'll, it, uh, that's a cool one. I like it. But like I said, man, I have absolutely no complaints. People have been insanely cool, uh, to me, to you and, and to this show. So I'm, Oh, yeah, I wouldn't change anything. No, I, I agree with you. All right, here we go. Question number four. What is the wildest or strangest thing you've ever seen at a wedding? Oh, a wedding or a bachelor party? Either one. I'll take a bachelor party. My buddy Cheech and I, we were like 20 years old, and his neighbor invited us to his bachelor party. So his num- neighbor had to be like 35. But again, when you're 20... And the neighbor's 35. It feels like that dude's like 60, right? Yep. So it's all of his buddies and they're getting drunk. But Shane and I are loving it because they had limos that had picked us up and we're just pounding coronas and nobody cares, right? So it's like this beautifully catered dinner day of like maybe steaks and all kinds of cool stuff. But we don't get it. It's like, dude, it felt like a a kid getting the keys to the liquor cabinet and it's a bachelor party. And so we were, uh, Cheech and this dude lived in a cool part of Encinitas, had some money. And, uh, all of a sudden they bring two girls out, two girls out on the floor and gorgeous, man, like just absolute 10. So again, we're watching all this thing. We worked at the warehouse. We knew what was going on, right? We, we had our act together. We're in a couple of hicks from Poway, we knew the, we knew <laughs> the way of the world. And all of a sudden, Dave, this girl, just these two girls go. And I said, there were Corona's everywhere. And these two girls put the Corona in the middle of the floor. And that song, how low can you go? Oh, how low Christ. can you go? It's playing, right? You get it. Got it. And they, and they picked up the Corona bottles and then slapped each other high five while they were still holding the Corona bottles. That's the, uh, yeah, they, they, everybody gets it. I don't have to be an idiot and tell you. And I was like, that's the wildest thing I've ever seen. And then, <laughs> it's the wildest um, thing I've ever seen. and then my buddy, Tommy Gallo at his brother, Marty's wedding, uh, tried to give, uh, the best man speech, but they're Italian and brothers in a very close knit family. And Tommy started getting choked up. My good friend Felix Taverna, his brother, I think his name was Greg, was the DJ. And as Tommy's trying to, you know, compose himself, Greg just jumps in. Hey, we're going to give Tommy a few minutes to try to get it figured out. Let's play some music, get everybody on the dance floor. 
And Tommy's looking around stunned. And then his dad, the great Carmine Gallo, dropped the line of all time. Tommy, you're drunk. Get a hold of your stuff. God damn it, Dad, I'm not drunk. I'm just trying to talk about my brother. And that, uh, and with all of those. That's one of my favorite lines I've ever heard. Get a hold of yourself. Get a hold of yourself. Have you ever had anybody tell you to get a hold of yourself? Yeah, Tom wasn't even drunk. Like, if you're, like, picture, right? Like, if you're at Josh's wedding and you're you're trying to give us. But no one's going to tell me to get a hold of myself. Me, to oh <laughs> me, and uh, yeah, it's what I'll do. And uh, and Dale Downing, Dave, you're drunk. Get it, lock it up, Dave. Like our friend Crystal tell you, he'll tell you lock it up. But yeah, that's uh, that was the that to me is the my favorite wedding story because it was just Greg Taverna yelling at Tommy, and then and then getting the old one two, and then coming off the floor. While they're playing, you know, Footloose, and you're like, shit, I had my speech together. I just need a second. Then having your dad yell at you in front of all your buddies, get a hold of yourself. You're drunk. Love it. No, I'm not. Yeah, that was great. What about for you? Dude, you know, it was one of my one of my buddies, a college roommate of mine, was on his second marriage, and the girl he was marrying was on his first marriage, her first marriage, okay. and his brother and dad got up there to give a speech about, about them, and he gets up there, the, the dad and the son, and they say, everything nice we had to say about Ken, we said it at his first wedding, so we aren't going to say it. And they went and sat down. And I was like, he completely disrespected the girl. That's awful. Yeah. Yeah. They completely, I felt bad for him, and I felt bad for the wife and, and the wife's family. Who's yeah. had to be thinking, what the fuck? Why would you bring up your ex-wife at, at this wedding? It, the whole thing was shit. Yeah, people are idiots. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a, maybe they thought yeah. they were being funny, but man, I tell you, as a guy that has bombed a lot of jokes, that was I was that was not good. <laughs> that was not good. No. All right, here we not go. Last good. last question: Do you have any desire to live in outer space? No, me neither. Not. Fucking idiots. Go ahead. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Go that's how I there. feel. Go ahead. Less traffic. Let's get you off the Less planet. Tra- yeah. What are you going to do up there? What are you going to do? <laughs> What, are you thinking you're going to get your state today up there? Get the hell out of here. No. And who who was it? I just read about somebody that wanted to travel up there. Like, go ahead. Yeah. You Lance want. Bass, see you. Yeah. Dude, what is the world of music going to do, Lance? Please, think this out. There's a lot of people that could be impacted by that decision. No. No. Ridiculous. There ever been a guy who stole more money than Lance Bass? Exactly. I'm with you. I'm like with you. Guy. All right. That's All uh, right. that's five questions. Hey, by the way, I want to mention this. Sunday morning, 940, KUSI was nice enough to say, um, we saw you won 100 championships, and we want to bring some of your players on. We want to bring you on the morning news on Sunday morning. So uh, very this nice. K- yeah, this Sunday, QSI is going to do a little thing with uh, the guys on my team that uh, that won their 100th championship Um this past week, so we started in 2010, and we won our hundredth on um, our hundred hundredth tournament on um, Sunday. So uh, that, 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 that was very nice. No, but I mean, you're coming up this Sunday, right? Yeah, this Sunday, coming up this Sunday with Austell. Uh, I don't know. I guess so. I have no idea. It'd be funny if it's if it's Austell. I have no idea who's doing the doing the thing. But we're bringing in about 15 kids, and we just had one commit another one commit to San Diego State the other day he'll, he'll be there in studio right. as well so yeah it's it's pretty cool for the kids 
Oh, we'll be watching that for sure. And then I'm not, uh, we'll be back on Monday, but the hope is to try to do that show a little bit earlier in the day on Monday. And uh, we'll get that thing cranked out. And, uh, yeah, we'll see everybody then. All right. Good deal. All right. Good night, everybody. Door. I laugh so hard I'm a little boy.